When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into the post-game episode, playoff edition of Shout a Buffalo Bills football podcast. I appreciate everybody's patience. Ryan and I have been filing a bunch of stories over at the website, Syracuse.com, NewYorkUpstate.com. Go check out all of those right now. I just finished a cool one on AJ Klein. I'm excited for you to all read about, uh, and we're going to talk about it right here on Shout, brought to you, as always, by Topps Friendly Park Markets which has new recipes every single week, Ryan. Who couldn't use more ideas for great dishes? Check back each week for the latest seasonal recipes that have been featured in the weekly ads, social media, emails, and more. You can look at all these soups, man. Fiesta soup, hearty meatball and vegetable soup, Fiesta mason jar, avo chicken salad to go soup, Islander bros chicken, everything you can think of and more. Head over to topsmarkets.com slash weekly recipes the bills advance survive in advance i don't think it was really survival i think they beat pittsburgh pretty convincingly ryan how are you hey i'm doing great i guess a lot better though than the bills based on how many injuries they suffered here tonight though despite the win matt say that again sorry you're breaking up no Oh, yeah, no problem. I said, you know, doing well here and definitely better than some of the Bills because of all the injuries that the team suffered tonight in that 31-17 win. We are going to talk about all of the injuries and what that means for the Bills looking ahead to next week and the rematch with the Kansas City Chiefs, which now shifts places from two years ago when uh, they played at Arrowhead Stadium. This time it's going to be right here in Highmark Stadium. We'll get much into that over the course of the next couple of days but we got to start on Josh Allen which coming into this game this was kind of the momentum building towards a potential huge performance for Allen who said last week that mechanically he felt the best he had felt in maybe weeks months go dating back to early part of the season where it just hasn't felt great for him and you know you think about 
the fact that today was only the fourth game all season where he didn't have a single turnover in the game. He looked in control. He looked poised and he did it like he always does in the playoffs. Ryan, he went into superhero mode, that 53 yard run, a 52 yard run, which was the longest in Buffalo bills playoff history was absolutely sensational. I mean, I was just kind of looking to my left and to my right in the press box, just like, is this serious? I mean, every single game, big, big style game, big, big, big game. He raises the stakes a little bit. Always. He always raises the stakes, you know, watching that run, uh, third and eight play. He gets the first down pretty easily. And then you see three, four Steelers defenders and you think, okay, he's going to get down here and uh, live for another day. And all of a sudden he just keeps going and realistically there was really only like one arm tackle attempt Matt, at him and then he was off to the races and that 52 yard score was the longest uh rush for a touchdown in, in you know bill's postseason history so an accomplishment like uh i guess something that we almost come to expect now from josh allen if you're watching on youtube thank you so much hit that like button subscribe to the channel as well with gabe davis out today ryan um, and I'm sorry if you hit on this already. I kind of lost the internet in here is just brutal. Like that's one of the things that it, it took us a little while to get started is I, I switched between the media network and the public network and I'm on the public now. So hopefully it's a little bit uh, better. I apologize if there's any audio issues. I've seen a couple comments about Scott Maranto saying, Oh, get out in the elements, Matt. Well, it's below zero out there and it is freezing. And I was already up here and maybe the internet would be worse. And here's the other thing, Ryan, my computer would probably freeze out there. So I'm going to stay right here in this cozy little press box. And thank you, uh, Western New York Photos, who says, yeah, you seem good. So it seems like we're back. Um, so Gabe Davis is out. Khalil Shakir steps up in a big way late in this game. And it seems like Khalil Shakir has settled into this role where he finds a time in almost every game to make a big play, to make a big contribution. And today's, it was like, whoa, like you, you watch the play in real time and you're like, okay, he evades a, a, a tackle. He breaks a tackle. He jukes somebody out. He breaks another tackle and then he gets into the end zone. And it's like, you're like, wow, that's an amazing play. And then you watch the replay and you actually see what he just did. It was sensational. And now, I'm old enough to remember back at one of our live shows in the summer when uh, a good buddy of ours, Mark, was uh, talking about cutting this kid. He's about as that dynamic of a playmaker pound for pound right now as the Bills have in their offense. Yeah, I don't think he's dropped a ball in a month either. Uh, you know, he's just sure-handed when the ball comes his way. And we we talked about with Gabe Davis being out, this might be a Khalil Shakir game. It might be uh, Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox game. And sure enough, all three guys have touchdowns, but – Khalil Shakir's was nothing short of phenomenal. Catching the ball, uh, having Minka Fitzpatrick right there in his face, trying to tackle him, eluding that, having the wherewithal to put your hand down on the turf to keep your balance, turning up field, juking another player, and then getting around three, you know, three other tackle attempts and getting into the end zone when the Bills really needed a score, when they needed to shift the momentum back in their favor and create a little bit of a buffer. Shakir came up with that big play for the Bills. 
And it was like a huge start for them to in, in this game. They came out in two of their first three possessions. They score touchdowns. They feature the tight ends. And they did it in a way that we've talked about over the season here, Ryan. It's not always going to be out of 12 personnel. I'd have to go back and look at those plays in particular. But if you look at the totality of those first three drives, they were mixing and mashing. They were getting Dawson Knox in the field on his own. They were getting Dalton Kincaid on, his field, on the field. You know, on his own, and then you look at that touchdown for for Dalton Kincaid. That's what they drafted him to be that that matchup nightmare. That uh, down the middle of the field in the red zone, uh, hard to match up against the linebacker, and they found the mismatch. Josh Allen put it on him. He makes a big play. Now I will say with Kincaid, there were a couple plays in this game. Drops kind of crept into the situation a little bit. Uh, we'll see if he actually gets credited for t- for drops. Both of them were kind of tougher plays. The Dawson Knox drop was just absolutely inconceivable. He's got to make that catch. You know, w- this is a storyline we've talked about with Knox over the years. But again, you tweeted out the the uh, the stat: four straight wild card games for the Bills. Dawson Knox scores a touchdown to open the scoring. They have weapons now at the tight end position. And this is over the last couple of weeks with Dalton uh, Dawson Knox coming on uh, since he returned from injury. This is the version of this offense that we expected. And you know, over the last, whatever it is, eight or nine quarters now with, with or six or seven quarters with Gabe Davis out of the mix, it feels like guys have settled into their roles a little bit more comfortably. And I'm, again, not saying they're better without, Davis, I just wonder if it's just not cleaner without Davis, if that makes sense. No, I, I get what you're saying. It almost makes Josh Allen have to look to the tight ends a little bit more or to Khalil Shakir a little bit more, and those guys have been producing at a much higher clip consistently than Gabe Davis. You definitely miss Gabe Davis's blocking tonight. He is their best blocking wide receiver by far, uh, but you saw other guys step up. You mentioned that uh, stat with Dawson Knox and I had a lot of uh, fans that apparently bet on the game saying, well, that would have been a good stat to know going into this one that he had scored the first touchdown for the Bills the last three wild card matchups and uh, comes with the fourth tonight. But, you know, with with the good with Knox, there's always the bad. His drop on the first drive of the second half absolutely uh, crushed Buffalo's drive itself it going, uh, you know, coming out of the half, trying to build up a lead, trying to come out strong. That drop just really put the Bills in a tough spot. Dalton Kincaid, there was a throw in the end zone that was more so really good coverage uh, that he couldn't haul in. There was one early in the game on a third down pass where Allen threw a laser away from his body. And I know what Allen was trying to do with Minka Fitzpatrick bearing down. Uh, but those two, I wouldn't count as drops. I think there might have been one, though, that he did. Well, that probably will go down and be registered as a drop. But he came up with some big plays in this game as well for the Bills. And Obviously, Stefan Diggs did a lot with the short passing game as well. Yeah, I thought Diggs looked really uh, comfortable in this game. There was one scary part of the game where he got uh, he caught a short pass and looked to go upfield and just got absolutely uh, labeled by a defender coming into the play. He was kind of down for a moment, came off the field, uh, looked like he was kind of back in the to the mix a little bit, clapping on the sidelines, yelling out to, to offensive players. Looked like maybe he could have gone back in, but it was at the end of the half. He was out there right to start the third quarter, uh, so obviously avoided a bullet there. You know, Deontay Hardy, somebody that, you know, we're going to get to the defense here in a second because it's really important to get into some of these injuries. But I thought Deontay Hardy today in a big spot, you know, first of all, 
was out there more. Like the most snaps I can remember him having, I'll be interested to see when the snap counts come out tomorrow, just how much more he was out on the field. At one point I saw Josh Allen actually like pointing Stefan Diggs to get, to go off the field, to bring Hardy onto the field. And I thought that was like an interesting deal. So many times we've seen Diggs actually call himself out of the play. It almost felt like the Bills were looking to get Hardy into the game, maybe trying to exploit a mismatch that they saw. And then later in the game, they hit it on that Deontay Hardy uh, passing catch from Allen is 30, went for 34 yards. It, you saw the run after the catch from Deontay Hardy. And again, I still feel, Ryan, that we could see more of Hardy in this offense as he's given opportunities. He cashes in on those opportunities, builds some trust with Josh Allen. We also did see uh, a Pops Mafia here in the comments, a, a great observation. We saw quite a bit of Andy Isabella who got the elevation off the practice squad today. Yeah, and there was one short throw to Isabella that I would have loved to have seen Allen, you know, throw well. It was a poor throw on Allen's part more than anything else because it was a short pass. I wanted to see what Isabella could do with the ball in his hands in that situation. Uh, obviously not getting the type of attention that a gate that a Stefan Diggs or a Dalton Kincaid and company get, but it was interesting to see their wide receiver usage in, in Deontay Hardy, that big 33, 34 yard reception, uh, did a good job just catching the ball. Obviously there was a lot of space between him and the defender, but once he caught it, you know, he, he looked like a punt returner out there in, in terms of eluding tacklers, getting to open space in the field and making some really nice moves. And, you know, that's part of when you make a big play the previous week, mind you, on special teams, you start to get some more opportunities. You start to uh, get some chances. And, and he came up big on that one target tonight. So uh, with Gabe Davis out for the time being, it was good to see other players step up. You put out a story uh, on George Pickens, and maybe that's a good transition point into uh, the Bills defense and, and the job that they did against this Steelers offense. Um, Pickens took issue with the officials, I read. Is that true? Yeah, that is true. Uh, it said politically, go back and watch the game and, and watch the refs. And, you know, he talked about um, – he had some of the penalties wrong in his assessment. He talked about a pass interfer- – or I'm sorry. He talked about, yeah, pass interference penalty down the field, which wasn't. It was a holding penalty on the throw that Josh Allen threw out of bounds. He talked about some plays that didn't go their way. Now, keep in mind, though, he didn't say anything about Pat Freermuth's fumble that should have been a Bill's ball. He didn't say anything uh, about some of the questionable penalties that, you know, or things that weren't called against Pittsburgh. He kind of looked at it as this uh, the referees were against the Steelers tonight, and you couldn't beat both the Bills and Pittsburgh. And, as much of a talent as George Pickens is, and in terms of overall just natural talent, probably a top three, top five type wide receiver in this league. That's how special he is in terms of his skill set. Uh, he, he's had some issues this uh, this season for Pittsburgh in terms of getting upset when he's not getting the ball, getting upset if he doesn't get a call. You saw him throw his helmet uh, into the benches after that fourth down play where no penalty was called on a pass that uh, Mason Rudolph threw, threw in his direction. So it, definitely emotions getting the best of him post game and not, never a good look though, to say the refs are the reason you lost this matchup. Yeah. The refs are definitely not the reason they lost the matchup. I will say, I thought Dane Jackson was definitely a little bit handsy on that touchdown mm-hmm. um, where, it, you know, the it, I don't know if it was even considered a pass breakup, but he was in coverage down there and somebody on social media, I saw say that, Pickens got hit with a snowball at the end of that play, which I'm not 
ruling out because snowballs were a flying. I mean, you look around in here, Ryan, and if you look out in front of, like, if you see this right here, this whole layer, that is just literally probably like half a foot of snow just in front of that entire row of fans that are probably just, you can probably see the handprints. You can people just picking up snowballs and, and chucking them down. I saw one gentleman down in like the third or fourth row, get hit in the back of the head with a snowball. And I'm like, man, good thing. This was a light snow. Cause this could be super dangerous out here, but you know, listen, the, the Pickens point is it seems a little bit crazy when you weren't able to do what you do best as the, as the Steelers, which is run the football. I put it in my post game story late in the fourth quarter with about six minutes to go. Josh Allen had 74 rushing yards in the game. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris combined had 75. So the bills came in here and what the Steelers do best completely shut them down. Now one Scott says, take us closer, Matt. This is as close as you're going to get, Scotty boy. Maybe <laughs> next week after the Chiefs game. We'll see. Um, you know, one thing I was surprised that they didn't do was activate a fifth defensive tackle for this game in Linval Joseph, because which he was active, but they deactivated uh, Puna Ford. I would have kept Puna Ford up, figuring out a way to do that. I don't know how the math works, but... Towards the end of the game, I thought Ed Oliver looked really exhausted. And I think part of the reason is because, listen, the, the percentage of snaps they've asked him to play this season, we're getting to the point of the year where that's starting to add up. Now, it's not going to be every single week where they kind of play a team where that's going to be so heavily predicated on the run, uh, depending on the run. But I thought in this matchup, to keep everybody fresh, they would have leaned that direction. They still did a really good job against the run, but I thought down the stretch – especially that touchdown drive is Terrell Bernard went out of the game. Uh, Christian Benford had already been out of the game. And then uh, Taron Johnson left with a head injury. Um, that was a spot where they just looked a little bit run down. And maybe that's not the case. They had an extra interior player. That's a fair point. And, and you know, looking at back at it, though, if they would have kept Puna Ford active, maybe those injuries that the Bills suffered really would have come back to bite them in terms of who would have been that guy coming down. Uh, Ed Oliver probably was gassed, though, because Next Gen Stats credited him, Matt, with 10 pressures in this Ooh. game. 10. So early on, he was just terrorizing that Steelers offensive line. I think most of the damage came against Mason Cole, if I remember correctly. Uh, was getting in there quickly. I think four were quick, hur uh, quick pressures, quick hurries. The other six were just standard hurries. So he had an unbelievable game, but you're right. Playing a heavy snap count playing against a team that was trying to run the ball early on, early and often. Uh, the Bills came up with a really nice game plan, and Oliver starred early on for this team in that matchup. I mean, really, you look at the landscape of the NFL at his position, and Ed Oliver has ascended into superstar status. And I, I really agree with his discontent, if you will, about the all pro process. I mean, yeah. if you look back at this thing, I put out that article from Aaron Schatz, uh, who has a vote uh, on the all pro team and obviously gave a nod to Josh Allen and wrote mostly about that, but also came back and, and, and put Ed Oliver as his top, one of his top four defensive tackles. And this is a guy that watches a lot of ball, crunches some of those advanced analytical numbers. He has obviously created the DVOA stat. Um, but I thought Ed Oliver was an absolute terror today and this is an, an offensive line that i think you can have some success against you look at next week and who the bills 
um, are playing and it's going to be an upgraded offensive line. I mean, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith coming off an absolutely terrific performance uh, last week against the Dolphins and Christian Wilkins. They're going to have their hands full, but having Oliver playing at this level is huge. Let's get to Terrell Bernard uh, because he leaves this game. AJ Klein comes into the game. I want to get to the story on Klein in a second, which is just a wild five weeks for the guy, but Terrell Bernard leaves. And so first things first, the injury update, Ian Rappaport has a, had a tweet out before we went live saying that it was a a sprained ankle, which I think you put it in the air cache, you cart him off the field. You're thinking maybe Achilles, something torn, something broken, something really bad, you know, takes you back to the Matt Milano injury in Jacksonville uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, If they get out of this with just a sprained ankle, it's a, it's a huge sigh of relief. Now, I'm not sitting here and saying that doesn't mean that he's not going to miss a month. I mean, if it's a severely sprained ankle, that could put him out for the season. But I think just having it be possible that he can maybe make his way back if the Bills go on a run here, uh, I think that that's absolutely huge. We'll, we'll get an update later in the week. But your first impressions of, of Bernard potentially being out for the rest of this run here. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, significant loss. Uh, he has been a star for the team this season, and he, it came out of nowhere because he he misses some key time during training camp. He's given the starting job. You didn't know what to expect. And early on with Matt Milano, he was playing extremely well. You lose Milano, and you wonder, okay, uh, what's going to become of Bernard? And he just stepped up into an even bigger role and was always around the football, making plays for this team, recovering a fumble today. Uh, for that matter, just always making plays, six and a half sacks, three interceptions, uh, you name it. He did a little bit of everything for this team. So it's a significant blow going into next week. And you came into this game without Tyrell Dodson, the other starter at linebacker. You lose Balin Specter. Uh, you have to have A.J. Klein out there. And like you said, we'll get to him in a minute. So, you know, their depth is really being tested right now at the position. And now you're going into a game against the Chiefs where uh, you mentioned upgraded offensive line, a obviously a much, much better quarterback than what the Bills saw tonight as well. And now you have to worry about that linebacker play, knowing that you're not going to have Matt Milano out there. You're not going to have uh, Terrell Bernard out there most likely. And you're relying on some backups to play uh, some pretty big roles. And you know that Mahomes is going to probably target them early and often. Uh, speaking of injuries, the Bills dodged a bullet there uh, late in the game when it looked like Connor McGovern uh, suffered an injury. He came out for one play. Uh, he was down for a little while, walked off on his own power, then came in and finished the game. So that's a huge update. I mean, man, if you're a Bills fan, you're knocking on wood when it comes to that offensive line because they have been about as durable uh, as a unit can be. Uh, and you, you hope that uh, they, they get out of any trouble there with McGovern. Back to the defensive side. So Bernard goes out. 
AJ Klein comes in, the, the equipment team has to go into uh, a quick change and get the green dot and all the audio equipment placed in AJ Klein's helmet. So he ends up running the mic position for the rest of the game. Uh, that was the third quarter, right, Ryan, when uh, Bernard went out, if I'm remember, remembering correctly, or was it the second quarter? No, no, I'm blanking on this too. I want to say it was the third quarter. Yeah, it was the third quarter. So AJ Klein ends up leading the Bills and tackles with 11 for the game. I mean, he really played a, a really solid game and he comes in and he basically comes in off the couch. If you remember, the Bills had him, um, I believe, on the 53 man roster. Uh, he was playing a depth role uh, when Spectre was on injured reserve. But when Dawson Knox was coming back from injury before the Kansas City game, which is actually fitting, um, Brandon Bean called him up, said they needed a spot, they needed to release him. And at the time, he was talking to Sean McDermott when he was leaving, going back home to Charlotte, that you know maybe this was it. Maybe he was going to contemplate retirement. Uh, he went home. He, he spent Christmas with his family. The first time in 14 years he got to have a traditional Christmas, wake up with his kids on Christmas morning, do the whole nine, which was really cool. And probably thought that that was it. And, you know, he said he got the sense when the, when the Bills released him that that could have been it. it, it he, he didn't know if he was going to get a call back. When Dotson suffered the shoulder injury last week, he had a vacation plan to Key West. They bought an RV in the offseason, him and his family, had it all packed up, ready to go. Brandon Bean sends him a text and says, hey, you want to come back? Want to go on one more playoff run? He had to convince his family. He flies up to Buffalo. He plays... He practices Thursday and Friday. Dalton Kincaid said that he actually ran the scout team in practice all week and gave them the looks that helped them prepare for that play that Dalton Kincaid caught for a touchdown pass. So he was busy on Thursday and Friday. On the scout team, Terrell Bernard goes out in the game. He gets inserted into the game and, and plays an absolutely huge role for them. I mean, talk about just the most chaotic and crazy week uh, for uh, A.J. Klein. Yeah, Klein was just again all, all wherever the ball was. Klein seemed to be around it tonight, and there's one play in my mind that really stands out, and it was a pass to Jalen Warren. Uh, good pressure by the Bills up front on the play, but uh, Mason Rudolph just gets it off. I want to say it's a third down play at that, and Klein is able to stay with him, grab him, hold him up, uh, you know, until not lose a hold of the jersey and then bring him down to the field and keep him short of the sticks. Had he not been able to make that play, Warren had a lot of room in front of him behind Klein. So that was a, a big play for, like you said, a, a guy that was packing up the RV uh, about a week ago to come in, practice two days, and not miss a beat out there on the field. Now, again, uh, th this is a severe drop-off from the starting unit the Bills started this season with. There's no denying that. But Klein is extremely smart. He knows the, the system better than probably almost anyone on this roster, going back to how long he's played here and uh, played for McDermott. So you you're not going to miss anything there, and that's going to be at least part of what he brings to the table and part of why, why he will be an asset, whether it's – him starting against the Chiefs, or if you get Tyrell Dodson back and Balen Specter back, maybe he's the top linebacker off the bench. Either way, it's good to have someone that knows the system so well, Matt. It um, is good to be a Shout Buffalo Bills insider, and you can become one by texting 716 528 6727. Gives you a two week free trial, $3.99 a month 
After that, the Shout text line is brought to you by Carrie C. Beyer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Litro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give them a call at 716-852-1234 or check out LitroLaw.com. All right, Ryan, where do you want to go next? Real quick, uh, Lauren in the comments says Key West would be better in late February. Uh, yes, good call, Lauren. And again, happy birthday. She had a birthday recently, one of our friends of the show. Uh, in, in terms of where to go next, I guess we should keep talking about that next man up for Buffalo. And not just with injured players, Matt, but you know we've already talked about wide receiver. Ty Johnson tonight, two big first down runs late in this game for Buffalo, uh, coming back from a concussion in this matchup. But some of the other players that stepped into bigger roles tonight because of injuries, I, I thought had some really good games, including another linebacker, Dorian Williams. Yeah, Dorian Williams, I thought, looked explosive at times. The most, it, it felt like the game slowed down a little bit for him tonight, which I think is a good sign if he's asked to play a larger role. Balen Spector left with a back injury in this game, uh, didn't return. So, listen, this is something that's kind of plagued B Balen Spector, even going back to Clemson. He, he's been injured quite a bit. Uh, availability is your best ability, right? Like, uh, that's something that coaches say every single week. But I thought Dorian Williams played in a big spot. Ty Johnson continues to fit into that backup uh, role to James Cook. And, you know, I thought you, you, you might have even wanted him out there a couple times with Latavius Murray still getting some of that run late in the season. Uh, with Ty Johnson performing the way that he has, I don't think you need to take him off the field. And he's been pretty solid in – uh, in pass protection, but it's something that for whatever reason, they just lean on um, Latavius Murray. Murray more in those spots. I want to talk about Kyer Elam because this was a huge spot for him. I mean, this has been trending in this direction. And I remember going back to the trade deadline when a lot of fans were filling up the insider chat and our live chat uh, on the podcast and talking about, you know, just getting something for him. He was very direct today when he talked at his at his uh, stool after the game uh kind of poked some fun at some people like that you know pretty good for a bust right like you know I, I thought that was pretty outgoing for a guy that's been very by the book very uh mild mannered uh it seemed but when he had that interception today he was anything but mild mannered he came off the field he stood up on the bench down here and kind of roared at the crowd and you could see a lot of pent up frustration for Elam who came into the game and was struggling there, trying to figure out a way to get his footing. He said his feet were absolutely freezing coming in off the game, out of the game, uh, cold. He said it took, took him a couple plays to just feel like he had his feet under him. And once he did, he felt like he was, uh, in the game a little bit more. And you know, it's sometimes it's, What's the same, right? It's it's better to be lucky than good. I don't think that that's necessarily the phrase that I would use, but he was in the right place at the right time, and he was lucky in the sense that he got his body around in time, and when he did, the ball was just right there on his yeah. hands. But you got to make the play. You got to feel like you're in a spot to be able to make a play, and I think going back to the Chiefs game last year on the road in the regular season game when he had that interception in the red zone, He's shown over the course of um, his career, his young career, that when it's in those red zone opportunities, when he's one-on-one -on -one with a guy in coverage, he's very competitive in those spots. And going against the Chiefs next week, you're going to need that. I'm not saying he's going to play 
Maybe Rasul Douglas gets back. Maybe Christian Benford gets back. If one of them does, you figure that guy probably starts with Dane Jackson. But if he has to play, man, I think he's really competitive and has some juice, especially in the red zone. And, and he talked about, you know, the, the mental aspect of everything. He's become more mentally tough this year and was dealing with an ankle injury this season. He comes into the game, though, and I saw Sheila in the comments saying I was screaming. I wanted him off the field and David saying the same thing. And it was a rough start. Like you said, cold feet. Uh, he gets steamrolled by Pat Freermuth on a third down play where they it was a short pass. He comes up and then, he again, the tight end just kind of runs over him for the first down. Then he gets penalized a few plays later uh, for pass interference. You know, like, oh, boy, he's going to get picked on a lot. But then you're right. Right place, right spot, right break on the ball. He intercepts the pass. And that kind of really did change things for him tonight because then after that, I think his confidence was boosted. You had George Pickens fall on a play, and uh, Elam almost came up with a second interception, got over to the sidelines, just couldn't haul it in. Uh, I think he would have been able to get the feet down, but just couldn't get that catch. Either way, he played with a little bit more confidence, and of all the injuries, I, I do think the Bills are in a better spot at cornerback than they are at linebacker, for instance. Uh, Russell Douglas was questionable going into this game, but it was obviously out. Good chance that he'll be back. Uh, you mentioned Benford leaving this one, and you still have Dane Jackson, who has stepped up very nicely the last two weeks, another, another one of those next-man-up scenarios. So I do think they're in a good spot, but he did show, that being Kyrie Elam, that at 22 years old, uh, he can still be counted on if really need needed by this team. And that's huge because the, you look at the rest of that draft class, Matt, and the Bills have done a, you know, did a phenomenal job with that. If they can get Elam even playing as a top reserve type of player uh, coming off the bench at cornerback, then that's really going to be a home run type of draft for this team when they really did need it uh, because it gets very tough when you have a lot of big contracts on your roster. Thank you so much to everybody that's staying up late with us. I know that the Philadelphia Eagles game is uh, getting to the end there and looking like another uh, potential upset there with the Eagles on the ropes. You know, it's been an interesting weekend in the NFL, Ryan. I mean, you you look at uh, the Dallas Cowboys being the Dallas Cowboys that they've been for, you know, it seems like not only Dak's career, but like you go back to Tony Romo as well. Potentially the Eagles getting knocked off here uh, as well. The Cleveland Browns, who was were favored against the Texans. You know, there's a lot of young teams that are kind of coming uh, for the crown, if you will. Uh, and, and I think that the Bills are uh, in a really good spot uh, as they look ahead to the Chiefs at home and potentially a trip to Baltimore for the AFC title game. But I wouldn't count out the Texans for being a little bit... Uh, having a little juice on the road against Baltimore, depending on how the weather is. I mean, C.J. Stroud slinging it just about as good as anybody in the NFL. Biggest concern for me in this game is the Bills potentially being without Taron Johnson on Sunday mm. against the Chiefs. Yeah, To me, he's just about pound for pound. Take Josh Allen out of it. He's number one, obviously. But if you go on either side of the ball, it's a very small group of players. You look at Ed Oliver, Stefan Diggs, Deion Dawkins, I throw into this mix. And then I put Taron Johnson in there. I think Bernard was in there as well. And you play without him against the chiefs. And it's really a scary situation. And 
He had a head injury today. I will say that it looked like, uh, you know, getting looked uh, at for the concussion. Wednesday is going to be a huge day. Is he out there in a limited capacity? Is he making his way through a potential concussion protocol? It looked like uh, somebody told me as we were going down to the press, uh, to the post game press stuff, that he looked visibly upset on the sideline that he couldn't go back. I think it was Mark Gaughan from the Buffalo News that he couldn't go back into the game. So maybe it was a situation where, you know, it wasn't as bad as, you know, maybe it could have been. We will see. We'll have to wait and see for the rest of the, the next couple of days. But man, Taron Johnson being out in this Chiefs game has me very, very concerned. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're looking at in this matchup against the Chiefs, you, you the first team and second team, all pro slot cornerbacks. And Taron Johnson has just been huge for this Bills team in terms of his importance in the secondary and what he means to this roster. And it, it's really important that he does play in this game. And uh, you can't, I don't know how the bills would be able to pull off a, a, vic, a victory against Chiefs without him. That's how important he's going to be to this passing defense, uh, next week against the chiefs. And speaking of worried, Matt special teams as well, uh, Sam Martin hurting his hamstring, being able to gut it out and punt, uh, once in the second half, but you have to worry about that. And then Tyler Bass, I uh, don't know what's going on with him. The first kick was l- very low because of the conditions. It gets blocked, but then missing a 25-yarder, just kind of kicking it off the side of his foot far to the left, uh, That that's another thing. The Bills need to be really sharp on special teams. They can't have a lot of mistakes, and yet you know, you're worrying about both your punter and your kicker going into this game as well. It's a year-to-year league. When it comes to kickers, I mean, it, it's such a high pressure position. And, you know, luckily for the Bills, none of those kicks were, you know, in a one score game or in, well, they weren't a one score game, but in, in a situation where you were trying to kick for a lead, uh, the Bills led from start to finish in this one. But next week could be very much different. And, you know, you look at the punting situation, Sam Martin. You know, get the, a kick gets blocked. He's running it down. Looks like he pulls his hamstring, stays in the game, is still punting. That's going to be a storyline to watch because you know, even Sean McDermott said it after the after the game. Like they might have to look at some punters uh, this week um, if Sam Martin had you know if there's any setbacks there. And I know fans bring this up all the time about potentially the punt god Matt Ariza being somebody that's back uh, in the situation. Man, would that just be a wild story? Uh, he obviously has gone through the legal process and uh, vindicated. Apparently, um, he has gotten he has received workouts through other to with other NFL teams. Still doesn't have a job, uh, so I don't know where things s- sit with him and whether or not the Bills would even consider that. Um, you also have to remember, Ryan, we're entering the divisional round of the playoffs. Matt Ariza hasn't punted in an NFL football game in almost two full seasons. Yeah. When it comes to a rise, it's an in- interesting discussion point. At least you, like you said, he had to try it with the jets. I'm not sure about what other teams he, he's tried out with and he hasn't punted in the NFL. The one thing working in his favor is when he won the job a few years ago, the whole offseason was about working on holding for Tyler Bass and showing he could hold. So he does have some experience holding for Tyler Bass specifically, um, that being said, like, like you mentioned, he has not kicked in this league in some time. He might be more likely to be an off season addition to a team and get a whole training camp in summer under his belt before he, uh, you know, actually contributes for a team. But 
it, it could be he could be at least on the list of names brought in to compete. There's some veteran punters out there with playoff experience the Bills uh, could look at. So they have options. They obviously have to find someone that they feel confident in holding, though, for Tyler Bass as well. Uh, but and, and you know Sam Martin was able to gut out this this game this performance maybe he's able to play in this upcoming game against the Chiefs as well. All right, Ryan, where do you want to go next, my friend? Yeah, you know, looking over these uh, everything for this team, I'm I'm trying to figure out uh, one or two more spots to go. I guess one spot I wanted to touch upon, Matt, was Von Miller. I thought Von Miller showed some juice late in the game. I know he had one play that should have been a sack where uh, Mason Rudolph literally bounced off of him and went backwards. And uh, for whatever reason, Von Miller didn't bring him down. But once again, it felt like his snaps were limited, but late in the game, he showed some juice and that's big because this defensive line, I, I thought minus one really good inside swim move by Greg Rousseau. I thought the pass rush just wasn't there consistently enough. And part of it had to do with Mason Rudolph trying to get the ball out quickly after some uh, issues early on. They did, were able to get their hands on passes, but really not enough uh, consistency. So if the Bills can get Von Miller getting some pass rushes on Patrick Mahomes next week, getting home, uh, potentially getting a, a big-time sack, that will really benefit this team because you know we've talked about since he was inactive the one week, he has to show those flashes, and I thought once again tonight he did have some nice pass rushes. Yeah, I thought the the job that they did against Mason Rudolph was exactly what I expected. I mean, they it was more about contain, right? Like getting some hits on the quarterback, batting some balls down. I mean, Bernard had two pass defense. Uh, Kyrie Elam had one. Oliver had one. Three for Dane Jackson. One for A.J. Apinasis. So they were getting uh, hands on the ball. They were, they were clogging up passing lanes, and I felt like – that was kind of the plan, and and Rousseau coming in with a with a sack uh, the way that he did. He had a tackle for a loss, uh, four uh, total tackles in the game. I thought he played pretty well, but to me, the Von Miller, the the blueprint for Von Miller's path back to contribution has been saving him for late in the games. I think they they landed on something uh, late in the season kind of putting him on ice in the second and third quarter and and then unleashing him late in the game when he can maybe just save some of the consistent like juice that he has uh, for a shortened, important part of the game. Um, I think that's the best path forward for him. And next week, they're probably going to be in a similar situation where you know they, they need him maybe potentially even more uh, late in the game. Uh, I think Leonard Floyd is dealing with something. I don't know what it is. It feels like every game he's coming off the field and pointing at something, whether it be his arm, his ribs, something in that area. He was having a trainer kind of work him out uh, at one point when he came off the field in this one. Uh, so, you know, nobody's 100% at this point of the year. Guys are playing hurt. Guys are playing banged up. Uh, I think you get Daquan Jones back, and now this is his third game back. You're hoping that the best version of him – uh, you get next week against uh, Kansas City, but this isn't the same Kansas City team. It's a it's a really good Kansas City defense. Um, it's an offense that found some answers last week, but I, it was against the defense that was completely depleted uh, in, in the Miami Dolphins without their two top edge rushers. Uh, they were without um, 
their their second corner in Xavier Howard and Javon Holland didn't play in that game. So it was basically like a second unit for the most part. And Andrew Van Ginkle, I think, uh, if he wasn't available or he left during the game, um, I don't think it's the same Chiefs team. And I think that's where we we kind of finish here, give our first look ahead at this Chiefs team that's coming in here. I think just at the start of this thing, it's really nice for the Bills to get to experience what it's going to be like for uh, Patrick Mahomes to play his first road playoff game. Yeah, it does put a little bit of pressure on the Chiefs, and it's it's just something that's the unknown for them. Obviously, Super Bowls are at a neutral site, but in, in terms of true road playoff games, this will be his first experience away from Arrowhead. And you know, we we know what the Bills Mafia is like. We know that they will bring the noise. You hope that the Bills will get a little bit healthier, uh, healthier defensively to make this a, a really good matchup. But for me, you mentioned this is not the same Chiefs team. They have a really good defense. Uh, they found some answers last week. I think Isaiah Pacheco is uh, an X factor for this team, and he's always he's been a very good player for them. But I thought he looked really good against Miami, and he's someone that you want DeQuan Jones. You know, you just mentioned being back for a few games to be able to step up and limit him and in, in, on the inside, and Ed Oliver having another big game because you know if they start to hurt you with the run game, that'll open up the play action, that'll open a open up a lot of the middle of the field. And it's really going to be important for the Bills to be at their best, both against the run and against the pass, against a very dangerous Patrick Mahomes. So the Bills did do a great job of keeping in check in their first matchup in terms of him letting him use his legs. Yeah, they're catching a Chiefs team that's that's got a young rookie player in Rasheed Rice, mm-hmm. really just entering that next like stratosphere in terms of his confidence level, his ability to make plays. He's such a blur, and it's at all three levels. Um, they also have a guy on the other side of the ball, Janarius uh, uh, Sneed, that is, oh my gosh, man. He is just about as physical and as competitive a cornerback as you'll face in the league. And listen, Spagnola always finds one of these guys. I mean, a couple of years ago, uh, I can't remember who, uh, Charvarius Ward, I think it was, mm-hmm. who was just super physical with Stefan Diggs. That matchup, Sneed versus Diggs, is going to be must-see TV. And, you know, if they're able to take him out of the game a bit, it'll really emphasize the matchups elsewhere. Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, Khalil Shakir, potentially Deontay Hardy. Um, So much to get into over the next couple of days. They play at 6.30 p.m. right here uh, on Sunday, six days. Bills have a short turnaround. Uh, It's not the 24-hour rule this time around. It's the, uh, you know, probably the 12-hour rule because they got to get right on to Kansas City tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's it's a huge matchup, and you know you mentioned Sneed, Tyreek Hill, giving him some props today, saying he jammed my ah to Cancun on on a crucial play near the line. Uh, so it's going to be a big matchup against Sneed and Stefan Diggs. They got into it a little bit in their first matchup in terms of the physicality, a little bit of pushing and shoving. Uh, you know that Diggs is going to want to come out though and and get some wins against a one a really underrated cornerback that probably much like some of these Bills players didn't get the accolades that he deserved this year in terms of uh, all pro recognition. Speaking of all pro recognition, how about tops friendly markets with some food ball play offers score big on flavor and savings, enhance your playoff weekend by creating recipes inspired by the distinct flavors of the playoff team cities. Expert butchers have curated their recommended game day recipes uh, over at topsmarkets.com slash foodball. 
From touchdown-worthy appetizers to hearty main dishes, discover a winning lineup of recipes that brings taste from around the country to your table. Plus, add exclusive e-coupons to your Bonus Plus card for fantastic savings on ingredients from the recipes. Find e-coupons next to each recipe over at topsmarkets.com slash foodball. All right, Ryan, that'll do it for this episode. I'm going to give you the final word, my friend. Yeah, final word, Bill's Mafia, buckle up. Matt and I will have you covered all week in terms of the latest injury updates for this team. Uh, shout insiders, you'll get a lot from us over this next week. If you're not a member yet, join now. And Bill's Mafia, we'll see you soon. All right, everybody from Highmark Stadium, signing off. We'll see you soon. Enjoy this one. We'll be right back. Take care, everybody. Everybody. Everybody.